Hello and welcome to the Bikes or Death podcast. My name is Patrick and I'm your host. This is the podcast that talks about bikepacking, adventuring, and the cool people that make up the sport. Uh, on this episode, I sit down with Indiana Schultz and Tom Hughes. It takes place the day after the Grand Gravel 500, and uh, I'm just super slow getting this episode out. It's actually, I recorded it 30 days ago, so I'm a little embarrassed and I apologize for that, um, but life happens. So um, anyway, my my delay in getting it out is in no way a reflection of my excitement for this episode when i was listening back and editing it um i was i was laughing and really enjoyed uh, enjoyed the conversation i really like both of these guys a lot they're super interesting uh, they're fun and uh yeah it was a great conversation so i hope you enjoy it um also uh of interest um if you listen to episode three with jared foster um he, he and I talk about his adventure media course in which he takes uh, 16 students bikepacking, and he invited me to go along. So I've, I went on that trip uh, just a couple weeks ago to Big Bend Ranch State Park with, with the group, and I recorded a lot of audio, and so I'm going to be putting that together um, into a podcast. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do that yet. It's going to be a lot different than what I'm used to, which is a typical interview slash conversation, but um, I hope it turns out good, and it was a really great trip, so I'm excited to share that with you. Uh, lastly, uh, don't forget, if you want to follow follow me and what I'm doing, you can uh, find me on Instagram at Bikes or Death. and if you want to support this show, uh, this type of content, please head over to Patreon. You can find me there at Bikes or Death. And that's it. Let's get to the show. Let's talk about um, the Grand Gravel 500. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> wild stuff. So just to go back real quick, I'm sitting here with Indiana Schultz again. He's back in my uh, dining room. Hey, and, uh, thanks for having me. Studio. Yeah, the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Hughes. So uh, Indy uh, repeated uh, first place. He got first place again. Um, in the Grand Gravel 500. So congrats, man. Thank you. Pretty and uh, Tom, uh, what'd you say? It was unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I well, I'm going to call you out on that in a second. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and then Tom, uh, Tom Hughes uh, is here um, and he uh, got third. He tied for third with Bo. How do you say his last name? Do you know? Troush. Troush. Let's go with Troush. Yeah. We talked a lot, but we didn't get that far. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did better than in Billy Rice's uh, episode. He just referred to him as the guy from Colorado. Right. So I think he called him the guy from California. He, yes, he, he did. did. Yeah. Like, I was laughing when I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, congrats, guys. Strong. I mean, the uh, man, it, it was like super tough conditions out there this year. Brutal. Um, yeah, and I was laughing because Indy was here just the day before the race, and he was saying, "Oh, I haven't really trained much, and you know, I'm not really gonna push right. it too hard." I think that's just Indy's tactic. No, I mean, I, I, <laughs> it's, I'm amazed that I feel I feel better this year than I did at the end of last year, and um, you know, I didn't race smart at all. That guy Chip, who's a wonderful guy, he 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 passed me and Tom and and Mike so at the beginning, and he just said. He, you know, we introduced ourselves. He said, I'm Chip, like the potato. He said, hey, what's up? I'm Indy. And he goes, yeah. And I said, what's, what's your experience? And he said, this is my first bikepacking race. And I said, what are your goals? And he said, I want to 
I want to uh, stay happy, I want to finish, and I want to finish in one piece. And I said, those are great goals. Yeah. And I said, I'll tell you what Mike Hall told Billy Rice, and Billy Rice told me, and he said, wherever you are on the course, just be happy. And it sounds like you're going to do just fine. And he goes, yeah, I'm just going to go stretch my legs a bit and warm up because it was cold at the beginning. Next thing I know, he was 10 miles ahead of all three of us, and I think we were all in second place basically yeah. riding together just trying to keep an easy pace. And I remember looking at these guys, and I go, ah, there's always one person that wants to be a hero. <laughs> you know. And I was thinking of Bo, <laughs> the, Bo the year before who just took off like a bandit. And then this year it was Chip, and then I got, I got caught chasing him. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting to watch uh, that in the beginning because I'm I'm just watching the dots and I'm watching Chip, yeah, go out like a banshee. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, is he gonna blow up? Is he gonna keep going? And he kept it up for all the way to Palestine. Yeah, so that was his plan. Consistent. Yeah, that's yeah. For people who don't know, Palestine's basically the halfway marker. It's 250 miles in, and uh, he took a little nap at the hotel, and Mm -hmm. uh, you kept Indy kept going. I I was uh, I was ready to call it at Palestine. I had injured my wrists four weeks ago, falling on some ice, and since I weight tables, it hadn't healed quite yet, and it and I aggravated it really bad on mile 180. So anytime I reached for the brake levers or shifted my bike, there was a shooting pain in my wrist, and I didn't know it at the time, but my seat post was also a centimeter too high, so my knees were in agonizing agonizing pain, and my Achilles were just screaming. And I was really contemplating when I get to Palestine, I, I think I should just either drop or get a hotel, you know, and think about things, see see if I want to finish this race or not. And I was really kicking myself for not, I, when, when the race started, I thought maybe I'll just do the 200 miles with Brian and Billy. And I was kicking myself for not taking the easy way out because <laughs> that's really what I wanted at the time. It would have been fun. Yeah, but you know, I looked at the track leaders and I mean, there, there was a solid group for the top eight people. Yeah. Everybody, I think, was, besides Chip, who had just uh, went real fast to Palestine and got 15 miles ahead of us, we were all separated by maybe only 10 or 12 miles, and that's yeah. only about an hour. But the conditions were terrible. I mean, the mud was really slick, and there's all those rollers. <clears throat> so you're, you're going real fast down into it, and you kind of have to pump the brakes, otherwise you might slide out. And it was Especially cold. It was cold. Dark. Yeah, pitch dark. My, my hands wouldn't get warm and my feet wouldn't get warm, but my core was okay. But it was a tough decision to make. And then when I saw he stopped, I thought, well, he's either going to sleep for a while or he blew himself up and that's it. So, but that, that, the, um, I had the Whataburger and I didn't pack enough calories after that. And the next 100 miles was, was terrible. But, and then I saw all these guys were at Whataburger. I had no idea what was going on with them, but yeah, yeah we how's, how's little, your time we from Groveton to, to Palestine? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was riding um, along with uh, Carrie a lot, and Bo mm-hmm. was kind of coming ahead of us and behind and um, having his own little adventure at the time. But uh, I really wanted to stick with Carrie because she, you know, she's done the route before. She's a local, and she, you know, she's very technical and skilled. Um, and there was these mud holes that were like 50 <laughs> foot long. I didn't know. They could have been five feet deep. You might have just get swallowed in there and I would just completely stop and she wouldn't she just barreled right through apparently there's a line and there were several times I tried to follow her and I did get go ankle deep in the mud yeah uh, so it was it was crazy but the hills in the Crockett Forest to me were uh, that's kind of what I'm used to they were not very steep or very long um, so I was powering through there I felt really good but we were I mean we ride along 15 16 miles an hour and then 
the mud would just suck you down. You're going two and pedaling in the grainy gear. Mm-hmm. You know, going it bogged you down it's real like, quick. Oh, it just came out of nowhere. Did you have a moment where you thought about tapping out too? Um, no. You're like really questioning, never, like, why am I here? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I knew I wanted to like come a long way to be here. You know, awesome. I got to finish. So, um, I never seriously considered stopping or, or anything. Um, going back to I like was the... really motivated watching the tracker, and you know, seeing Indy's ten miles ahead and Chip was like. Sometimes it's really far ahead, but then yeah, what's he what's he gonna do in Palestine? Yeah, Yeah. so I was like, I left Palestine before him, and you know he would he had already been stopped for two or three hours or something. So I was like, I know I don't I've done this distance. I don't have to sleep. I can make it all the way through. And he's never done a more than a one day race. So I was like, I got the advantage here. Mm -hmm. My legs are good to go, and um, I thought I I could had a good shot at, at first, but. Oh, of course. You guys are so strong. I think it was in anybody's race, um, and we all just... I'd have to go back and look at the track leaders and see how we all bounced around, but, you know, Chip had 15 miles on all of us getting into Palestine, and then I think I put 40 miles on him just because he slept. But that 100 miles between Palestine and, and, and Trinidad was where I was going five miles an hour, and I had run out of food. And I had a little bit of water left, and I, I slept twice, two, like, 30-minute naps. And um, I think I told you I was all delirious, and I had this idea that I'd put an extra pair of socks on, but I was only going to put it on one foot so that when I woke little, up, I'd, I'd see which one was warmer. <laughs> and then, of course, I forgot I had two socks on my right foot. And so for the last 155 miles, I had two socks on my right foot. Which was silly, and my, it's probably why my knee hurt a little bit. But it was just those things where you're out there, and it's it's harder to quit than it is to keep going once you get away from that supply point. But I did see uh, Billy and Brian came out to check in on everybody, and uh, they were like, "It's a disaster out there." And I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "People are dropping like flies. There might only be three people that finish this year." Yeah. And he's like, but Chip's up and rolling. And I go, yeah, I, I started talking about myself and what I was going through in my wrist. And I said, uh, the, you know, Brian was like, there's no shame in throwing in the towel. And I said, oh, I've never DNF'd. And, and I was thinking about Hal Russell and how Hal says he knows two things about a race. He's going to start a race and he's going to finish a race. And I thought, it doesn't matter what place I get. This is a hell of a race. If it takes me 40 hours, it takes me 40 hours to finish this last 150 miles. I'll just keep yeah. moving, yeah. you know. Um, and at that point in time, I was I was in so much pain with my knees and my Achilles. I, th- I literally thought it was going to take 40, 40 more hours. And so I get I get to Trinity, and uh, a few big mistakes I made before the races. I didn't bring my baby powder, which I use for my chamois. It keeps everything nice and dry down there. So I had some uh, painful things going on down below. And I didn't know that my seat was too high. So when I got into Trinidad, I, I went to the Dower General and I had my pink tutu on. And I was in, uh, my spirits were pretty low. <laughs> so I went in there and I got some Advil and some baby powder. And these three little girls were looking at me and they just started laughing. And I waved and they were like, tutu. And I was like, yes, like, it's, it's me. And like their mom kind of like put their arm in front of them and like, <laughs> Like a mama bear does to her cubs, and I was like, "No, I'm just a yeah, not I look, crazy." I yeah, I, I look really weird. Um, and you know, when Brian said he saw me, he goes, "You were so calorie deficient, and you were ghost white." And I had I had every single layer on when they saw me. I was freezing, 
And he goes, yeah, we didn't. He's like, well, I don't think you were going to make it. Well, and then when they left, there was about five minutes of regret where I was like, I should have just hopped in the car. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, right? So anyways, I'm in Trinity. And then I go to the gas station, or Trinidad. Or is it Trinity? Trinity. 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 Yeah. So yeah, I go to the gas station. And I just thought, all right, you're going to be out there on the road again for another you know, maybe 20 hours. Let's make sure you have everything. Mm-hmm. So um, once I saw two kids in there, one of them gave me a high five. So more good reactions nice. to the two-two. My spirits are starting to lift. I actually sat down and I ate food. And while I was eating, I was thinking about my seat and why why I was in so much pain. And I realized that I've been training with my winter boots, which have a one centimeter higher stack than my road shoes. So I figured, oh, if I'm here, I'm taking my time. I might as well take out the tools and fix the bike and see if that helps. Sat down, ate a bunch of food. And there's that weird moment where it takes about 10 minutes for those 10 or 15 minutes for those calories to actually hit you. And when you've been calorie deficient for so long, your stomach doesn't quite know what to do. And you almost feel like you're going to throw up. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden your body starts to absorb it. Right. It's such, I've done it so many times it's, it, and it never gets easier. I it just feels the like, same thing. Yeah. like, you know, it's, it's, you feel nauseous. Um, and when that wave of nausea, I got over that, um, I got back on my bike and I think Chip had just gotten in to Trinity. And so we were pretty close to each other. Anyways, I pedaled for 10 miles and I felt good. And I had a little distance on him. And, I, and then I don't, out of nowhere, I just thought, it's now or never. Like, there was two things that were going to happen. I was going to pedal my ass off and win the race. Or I was going to pedal my ass off and Chip, who was a very fast rider, was going to catch me. And then I was going to eat tacos for now <laughs> at six. And I was really voting for option yeah. two. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, because tacos. it was 150 Give miles. Give me a reason to right? stop exactly. eating tacos. And don't make me look bad, right? Like, if you're in front of me, they can just, I'll just be like, yeah, I ran out of food. I had to get tacos. Right. Like, yeah. I can't just, can't I can't, I can't yeah. not give it my best effort. And um, I think, I, I mean, I was telling you guys this last night. I felt like will ferrell in old school and he does that debate i just blacked out yeah <laughs> like i don't know what happened i just pedaled as hard as i could and just i kept looking at the tracker every 30 minutes it was crazy because he has the power you know he is fast and talking it was Super fun talking strong. to him after the race and he, he said he hit a section of mud and it just really kind of lowered his spirits and he had skinnier tires and um yeah he was he was feeling everything we were feeling out there, and that's what I love about the end of the like race. At the time, man. Yeah, no, you it don't. You, so strong. You can't tell what's happening to a person by looking at that blue dot. Mm-hmm. There's so many stories yeah. going on behind that blue dot, and then at the end of the race, I get to talk to Tom and Bo, and Chip and Carrie and, and the people that, that had to drop, and it's so fascinating. Like sometimes you're so alone for so long, you think this isn't happening to anybody else. But you got to realize everybody is doing their own struggling yeah. thing. You know, everybody's doing their best to survive. So I think that's why we do these events, you know, that camaraderie and that fellowship that you have Absolutely. with your racers. And everybody has a great story at the end of it. Yeah. So that was my finish. I don't know about how Bo and Tom well, finished. It, yeah. it helped so much uh, to have the pink tights. Somebody, well, the pink tights hit her. <laughs> Which were money. Yeah, I think yeah, I, we sure. really need to point out yeah. pink tutu. <laughs> For Indy, yeah, and pink tights for Tom, yeah. and I, 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 I now have figured out the <laughs> ultimate secret to ultra endurance bike pack racing. Yeah, some pink. I'm putting on something pink and pink. flashy. Yeah, yeah. you gotta Absolutely look good and feel good while you're out there. Yeah. dude, I was worried for y'all, like in the backwoods of Texas with yeah, some of the. I have long hair too. So yeah, I mm-hmm. mean. I was like, I was like, these guys are brave. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would like to state for the record that in a thousand miles of riding back roads in Texas in a pink two, I've 
never once had somebody throw anything at me. Good. And I've and everybody's been really nice. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I I didn't have anyone I think specifically like hey cool pink pants but <laughs> I got <laughs> a lot of looks. Kids, um, yeah. Like hey you're yeah, cute. Yeah for sure. I was like I definitely a lot of strange stares for sure. Yeah but, Tom. So y'all it, yeah. y'all there was like like you Andy said there was like a group of five. There, yeah, there was like three up front and then a group of five or so that yeah. were in, that were like, yeah, 10, 12 miles yeah, back. We yeah, were, we were trying to stay stay pretty close. Um, I didn't know if I could compete with Andy because he's such a freak athlete um, and he, he owns the record and everything. But I, I thought I can at least take him on fashion, you know, yeah, and he owns my yeah. pink and purple pants. And, uh, you know, be looking good and having fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you definitely wore the, run, yeah. won the award for having fun. I think, like, yeah. just following all your social media. That's definitely and, my goal. Uh, yeah. You did a really good job of like putting videos out there, and you were always smiling, having a good time, and yeah, made it I enjoyable. Smile. If I'm yeah. not smiling, I, I mean, I force myself to smile. It's like it makes a know, big difference in your I mind. Like, yeah. I I would do I do the same thing. Like, if I'm suffering, I'll start singing or just I'll make yeah. myself smile, and it it works. I guess. Yeah. I really tried to not like just appreciate the beauty around me and there was I mean it was really there's a lot of green grass and pine trees and it was um, even I like the contrast with the red mud and the green grass and stuff it was like I'll take whatever I can get to get the motivation of just get over this little tiny slump yeah that works pretty good for me yeah like Billy said you won the spirit award no yeah, doubt. Yeah, he was like, he was it. like, and I don't know what the hell is going on with Tom, but he's the happiest kid in the world right yeah. now. And he, I hadn't been on Facebook. Yeah, I, I, I got to go back and look at all your posts, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, to me, you know, this isn't a televised sport. There's no, you know, commentary going on. Like, like you said, we're all suffering. And there's so many stories of, of all our little moments of struggle and ups and downs and crazy emotions and like I try to I want to bring people into this niche sport yeah. and show you know the passion we have and like how just how all crazy everything yeah. is but it's still so beautiful and you can find fun in yeah. anything to me that's very important like this was actually the first ultra race I finished I did a Trans Am uh, and I finished and um, or hopped out in Bardstown Kentucky just right next to my home which is convenient <laughs> in Louisville and then I did the Route 66 in 2016, which Billy Rice put on. Uh, of course, that was canceled, but um, I, I my bike basically broke down in New Mexico, so I was over two. So I, that was like, a good I story. Here, I he told to... me that story when we were driving down here. It was pretty. Cool. Oh man, that's a whole other. Oh yeah, <laughs> wild, hilarious. Wild yeah. thing. Route 66 um, is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely recommend people go bikepacking on it. It's, yeah. Um, it's difficult, but it's rewarding. Um, so I've, Congrats, I have man. to first thank you. finish. I didn't yeah. know like, I have to finish one. There's there's no way um, I could stop. I never had a moment of. I didn't really doubt after after I talked to Billy. I, I figured you were going to finish no matter what. Yeah. I guess I wish I wish Bo was here because uh, you know what a happy person he is and how much he's always smiling. He's just like a very low key nice person yeah he's so cool he had a uh, he had just uh, one of those epic moments of down and low and he like said he was gonna sell his bike yeah like yeah like pulled off to the side of the road like extreme low like this sucks i'm selling my bike yeah never doing this again whole existence why does he even bike pack what yeah any of this wow (laughs) it was tough man yeah really i think they both took they both took a nap and then yeah 
think Bo had, and, uh, and he took a nap before Palestine or Athos or something, so he had a half hour sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made it through about 42 hours without sleep. And then we were both riding along and swerving, and I couldn't, I was looking at the road, I couldn't see anything really. And I just looked over to him like, dude, it's nap time. We got to find something. And we went about, about another mile. We found a church and there was a carport with dry sand underneath it. Mm. I was like, that looks so soft. That does oh look good. sounds amazing. Nice. Yeah. Uh, set my alarm for 15 minutes, put it on my chest, laid my head back. And two seconds later, it was 15 minutes. And I was up and back at it. You guys both had uh, SOL bivvies? Um, I did. I yeah. think he did. But he just laid down on the little deck. It was like a little wood area going mm-hmm. up to the uh, the ramp up to the door. Oh, a little incline. He just laid on it on his side. And with he, he always had like a blinking light directly in his face. <laughs> he just didn't care. He just out. It's crazy. The and second you're, you're time, just sitting there looking at him. Yeah, like, I was like, I gotta at least like have some sort of be comfortable. I always put the, uh, I always wear the buff. So I put yeah. the buffalo oh, yeah. eyes. Yeah, that's a but good move. He yeah. was saying he's Tom says he sleeps with his helmet on. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm like, it's really? waste time to take it off for yeah. sure. And then you Something don't need like a pillow because it has like my helmet has a couple inches on the back, so it kind of elevates my head to be it props it back. Up. Yeah, you told me that so too. That's a good move. I'm good. gonna try that. It yeah. works really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that's you know. Every second counts. Every little thing you have to undo, you have to redo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's like that's the thing about these, these races is uh, you talk about being efficient, and every little yeah. moment adds up. When you look at the end yeah. of the race, I mean, it was what maybe an hour that separated Chip and I. And I remember when I got to Groveton, Chip was there, and he's like, "Oh, they have amazing burgers." I read reviews online, yeah. and I went in there <laughs> and I asked the lady how how long for a burger, and she said ten minutes. And I was like, mm, "Nice try, Chip." Right. You know, like I just grabbed a bunch yeah. of gas station food, threw it in my bag. There, yeah. slow somebody else down. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how uh, how it all adds up. Uh, Every yeah. single thing you do gets added to the clock. Oh, yeah. The clock does not yeah. stop. And you have to multiply things by five hundred. It's like yeah. So how did you really finish happen. it up, Tom? After that nap, uh, we made it through. That was about. I think it was like midnight or something we took a nap and then we were riding pretty strong because after that the the road was relatively smooth pretty fast of course our average speed was driving we were struggling a whole 10 12 and my ass was killing me um my tights were uh slipping down and i didn't have like a drawstring or anything in it so i was standing up and just pulling them up like every oh, two minutes that's annoying um yeah that was a mistake i should have put some suspenders on there or something that's but sweet. uh yeah maybe some rainbow suspenders yeah exactly yeah. that's yeah. exactly yeah. what i was um, yeah <laughs> but uh so don't give away all your made it another yeah. four hours before um and basically the only thing we were saying to each other was uh <laughs> I'd be like, hey, Bo. Mm-hmm. And you go, yeah. Yeah, I hear that, man. Uh-huh. Uh, same. Then, yeah, same, exactly. Like twinsies. Um, and then it was about four in the morning, and we kept saying to each other, no stopping, no stopping. We got to get through this. Just do it. And, you know, there's at that point, it was like 40, 50 miles, maybe it was 55 to go. And again, I couldn't see the road. I was like, all I could think about was. I'm just staring, where's the comfiest place to sleep mm-hmm. right now? Um, so we found a little cemetery, but it was just grass and headstones. It was really nothing. So we just laid down the side of the road, and Bo didn't get his baby out. He just sat, uh, you know, leaned against the fence, and put his blinky light on his back <laughs> onto his chest, 
and just put his head down directly into the light and just out. I, I was, wonder if he was thinking about like safety. Yeah, like he was he, trying to be. Yeah, he wanted so to be visible. Yeah. Off the road and stuff. And like, yeah. And then I didn't even realize, but I still had my bike, my light uh, on my handlebars was on and it was pointing directly at him. Uh. And I was laying next to my bike <laughs> and I was looking over over at him like, man, he's really lit up. He's he's like shining over there. <laughs> he's like, light. okay, we'll have fun. <laughs> Didn't even notice. He didn't notice. That would totally freak someone um, out if they were driving by and they saw him oh, leaned yeah. up against the fe- yeah. fence post, looking Yo, dead with dead. Yeah, totally ghost? Dead. What, yeah. what yeah. is going yeah. on yeah. right now? How did he die like that? That's a very interesting position. Yeah, those fifty-five miles are hard, though. I mean, yeah. you're, you're mentally you're, you're so, so close, gone. but you still feel so far away because yeah. all of your power is gone out of your legs. Yeah, it's really just a mental grind. Yeah, we're 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 on the struggle bus at that point for sure. But then, uh, well, to me, when the sun comes up, it's a you know it's a huge mental boost. Um, I, I still haven't seen the sun in Texas. We've been here for yeah, three days, days of now. clouds. Uh, literally, haven't seen it at all. But um, at the least, the the lights kind of came on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, then it was like, okay, we gotta we gotta do this. And I hate to do this, the countdown, but like there was nothing I could do but stare at the number and go fifty two. 5150. I was like, "Hey, Bo, 37 miles ago." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So it was it was tough coming in, but uh, yeah. What point did y'all finish. decide to uh, finish together? Uh, well, we rode together <clears throat> basically. I think he caught up to me out of uh, point blank. Is it? There was like 120 or so to go, and I was looking at the tracker, uh, and I was like, "Man." He's definitely going to catch me, but I was trying to put some space on him. Um, but when we got to the, what's the road that Sam Houston Forest we got out and back on? The one that we hit twice? Yeah. 1375. Yeah. It was so terrible. Is that way? There were some uphills in there, and it was all squirrely. Yeah, the mud. mud was so bad. It was caught. That was the only, my, no, the only time my chain fell off. There was just <laughs> like eight pounds of mud all over everything. It was literally a two-foot-long mud cake on both of my tires and I, I couldn't move it was like I could you couldn't even walk through it it was like insane yeah and that just took me somehow Bo floated through there and I was um, right at the end of that road with some scraping sticks trying to get all this mud off it was just insane from that point I was like oh, it would be good to have some camaraderie for sure and we have a long night ahead of us yeah so yeah we just pretty much shared um at one, at one point, one of y'all said, "I can't remember." Hey, if you, you if you want to go sprint, go for it or something. Yeah, we were. It was about. Um, we were getting real close to conversation, maybe twenty miles out, and I was like, "So, Bo, what do you think about sharing the podium? We'll make it. We'll, you know, we'll share third and have an extra big podium." And he's like, "Man, if I just want to finish, you can. You can. You're more than welcome to sprint ahead of me. <laughs> go for it. There's no way." At that point, we were riding about eight miles an hour on the pavement or, or hard pack gravel it's like no nah, man there's no sprinting left to do yeah let's just get there let's do it so it went a long way you know through the night being able to, to talk and share that experience <clears throat> one thing i love about um hearing about the stories is everybody has opportunities to quit everybody has reasons oh, to quit yeah. and the only difference between people who finish and people who don't is the people who don't chose 
to take one of those reasons. I mean, unless you get injured or you have a major mechanical oh, yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. But that's that's all it really comes down to is everybody's going to be presented with opportunities to say, okay, that's enough. I've I'm, there, I'm yeah, there's limit. always a chance. Yeah, you know, you're going to hit your yeah. limits so many yeah. times, and you're like, okay, no, can I keep going another foot? Mm-hmm. Just break it down, yeah, you know, yeah. like another mile. Exactly. Like, I mean, you just break it down. You're like, can I do one more? Yeah. Okay, I think can I do I one more. Pedal one more time. One more time. Can mm-hmm. I? Yeah, That's I can. Yeah. And as long as you don't allow yourself to quit, you can you can keep going. Yeah, humans are pretty amazing with our our capabilities. Yeah, I day. think we don't give ourselves enough credit. Um, if you like, just look at like what we've accomplished accomplished through the history of time it's like okay at one point we were like hunters and gatherers and like really badasses and mm-hmm. fighting yeah. short bait face bears and shit yeah. <laughs> and like now we yeah. just live in our cozy houses right. and every once in a while that's the what you know i love about the bikepacking and the ultra endurance stuff uh in terms of like pushing yourself is getting to like tap into that like badass part of yourself you're like oh, okay i'm capable of more than than I thought. Yeah, I we all we all still have that somewhere, somewhere. inside of us. Yeah, we just yeah. need an opportunity to tap into it. Yeah, bikepacking is one of those ways and then, to do and it. And then they absolutely push your limits. And then the competition, man. I mean, that's that's yeah. what really I think takes it to the next level. You know, like yeah. if, if I was shit, out there by myself, no freaking way I'm sprinting 150 no. miles at the end. Yeah. I'm gladly taking three days, four days yeah. to do that. <laughs> just it just tore it. That's what yeah. I did the first time. I just yeah. toured it. I mean, that would probably be fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I said that's Less what I'm doing next year. Sure. I'm, I'm definitely stopping at 150. I'm bringing my full sleep set up. Yeah. I'm going to sleep for five hours, and I'm going to get back on the bike and finish it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm not... I mean, like I said, I'm retiring after the ATR. I'll okay. still do races, but right. I'm, I'm done beating my body up. Here. Yeah. Like, I would have never... Like I said, I would never have sprinted that hard or had any desire to do that unless I was trying to win and Chip was there. But I also had the, I also had the thought, too. Like, if he was within five miles of me so within a half hour basically or 20 minutes at towards the finish i would have waited for him mm. and finished with him because yeah. i mean he's he did so good y'all put up a great yeah. great race for his yeah. first big uh, multi-day race that's that was super impressive, impressive. Yeah. yeah 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 i would definitely share, shared the podium yeah we need we need those people to push us you know to to get yeah. to that next level like said, dude, who's gonna who's gonna try and be the hero next year yeah i don't know who it's gonna be but i guarantee you someone's gonna go off super fast i think tom is gonna oh try to be the hero in the beginning yeah uh, someone always wants to be a hero bolts, you yeah. know, from that first turn on just the warming up the legs won't yeah. be me yeah. <laughs> won't be me i can guarantee you yeah. i'll be back there waving have fun yeah it's it's interesting though i mean like people uh, i know tom when tom said he was registered somebody asked him about the record and they were like well, why is it so slow Mm. And I'm yeah. and I'm like, you well, you haven't done it. You haven't done it, you know. And I, my other friend asked me, <laughs> "Is that coming from a perspective of someone from who somebody that's like a, they're looking like at the averages, like yeah, like oh, why, why is it only eleven point yeah. five miles an right. hour? That's the the record based on the the speed." And I, I didn't chime in because I don't want to get sucked into the yeah. Facebook thing. But <laughs> I'm thinking, it's, when's the last time you ever rode five hundred miles straight? Still yeah. to this day, I've never ridden five hundred miles straight. I had to sleep last year. I had mm-hmm. to sleep this year. Yeah, this is a tough distance. It's so tough. You're not on I mean, roads. I mean, you're on yeah. the worst roads possible, oh, okay. and you're so. carrying. Uh, how much did your bike weigh? So my bike, my bike, fully because I, I wanted to know it. Uh, with three full liters of water, uh, fully loaded with food, all my electronics, it was forty four pounds. Wow, really? Yeah. And chip, chips, chips bike had like nothing on it. 
yeah. he cleaned his, his bike off three times. It, it like had no dirt when he wow. got in. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, I think one of the reasons I was able to do what I did is just look at my discipline, like from doing the Trans Am. That that is just mm-hmm. sitting in the saddle and grinding. So mentally, um, I'll I'll have that form for the next few years. Like I can just sit in the saddle and grind, mm-hmm. no matter what my training is. Mentally, you think it's I, a lot can, I think yeah. I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think once you do something like that, it just opens up that part of your brain, and you're like, okay, I can do yeah. that. You yeah. know, and you know you can't. Like yeah. it's not a question mark anymore. You just paddle. Yeah. yeah so I looked at his bike. I looked at mine. I bet I had three pounds of mud on mine. It's not a. It's not Easily. over. That's not you a know, joke. No. Easy. Yeah, that's like a low estimate. Probably. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I really worked my ass off for that last. <laughs> I earned it. You yeah. know, I, I definitely earned Super it. Super impressive. You but, had a lot wider tires than me. Yeah, yeah and that's Actually, what I saw the ship mention. He goes, uh, he goes, oof, I would change tires. Yeah, I wish I had <laughs> your setup, man. I would take yeah. the extra. I mean, my bike was probably 27, 26 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like I would take 15. Fully extra loaded. Yeah. yeah. Whoa! I mean, I didn't have very much of anything on there. So. Let's. Uh, I actually wanted to ask you about your setups for this sure. race. So, um, yeah, Andy, why don't you uh, tell us about yours? Yeah, I've I've got a lot of history with the Race King tires. So I went with the Race King. They're they're brand new. They're not brand new, but they're newer tread design from 2018. So it's the 2.2 Continental Race Kings. Uh, they're very fast tread pattern. They do get loose in mud, but any tire is going to get loose in that mud out there, and you don't want to. <laughs> mud tire because then you're carrying all that weight so you know when you factor in rolling resistance stuff like that i think that's a great tire because you can run it at lower pressures excuse me i started at um 28 psi in the rear and 25 in the front and probably finished at like 23 23 when i was when i was up grinding it was like whoosh 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 you know that last 150 miles Mm -hmm. it was i felt it bouncing along but also you have to think of, you know, when Chip said he was hitting the gravel at the end, it was really just throwing him around. And I felt his tires, a narrow tire runs at a higher pressure. He was probably at like 35, 38, maybe 40. When you have that lower pressure, your tire deforms and obviously it makes everything smoother. So you got to just balance all of that out. Um, I had a 20, 2017 uh, Salsa Fargo steel frame, uh, carbon fork. I ran a... 34 uh, tooth chainring up front wolf tooth at a one by setup 10 speed uh, the rear cassette is a 1142 by sunrace mm-hmm. uh, just an xt chain with uh, micro shift shifters uh, had uh, profile design aero bars salsa frame specific bag and then the front bag was a revelet design egress pocket and uh, front shutter precision hub with a Synwave Cycles beacon light hooked up to a cache battery. Rear hub, which I think is my new favorite thing on my bike. We talk about this is Onyx hub. Those things are amazing, especially in those those muddy conditions. It's instant engagement. So yeah, I was jealous. <laughs> when you're going through that mud, like you stop, you start, stop, mm-hmm. start, stop, start. You there's never a it doesn't hit. It's just smooth power transfer the entire freaking time. It is incredible. Is it? What does it sound like? It's quiet. Oh, There's, it's one hundred percent silent. God, 
Uh, that's what I need. It is so cool. I hate cool. when you're in the woods and it's like nice and quiet, and yeah. then you like yeah. your hub scares away all the all the wild yeah. yeah. next to Brian Steele. Then yeah, <laughs> he so loves loud. his Chris King. The Chris King hub. Uh, yeah. and, and I like it when I'm mountain biking. It's kind of fun, I guess. But like when I'm out, out like riding gravel, yeah. and you just kind of want to be in the wilderness, and you get to see more deer and whatnot, yeah, you know. But so with that being said, the animals will still hear your tires. Okay. I got chased the last night of the race was uh was pretty crappy for for dogs wanting to eat me <laughs> so they still know you're there you know you, oh, yeah. you don't scare too much wildlife off but once you've ridden one of those hubs it's gonna be hard to go back to a regular hub so yeah out. shout out to onyx and those guys in minnesota uh they did a good job on that um top two bag was oveja negra their extra large pack um I always carry a water bottle on my, my stem, and that's made by uh, Chris King Cages. Or not Chris King, uh, uh, King, King Cage. Cage yeah. yeah, out of Durango, Colorado. They make great adapters mm-hmm. and stuff. Do you do Other that was, top, two, top two as well? Yeah, top yeah, two. Top I, two I, rode, I rode the stem. whole American Trail Race with that, So, and that's something I picked up from uh, Lael's setup, I think, when she did the Tour Divide and the Trans Am. It's just open space there. Right. Yeah, and I always have my electronics... Uh, either in my top two bag or they're sticking off off of a uh, handlebar extender so yeah i mean uh wheel set was built by sugar wheel works uh jude she's awesome and uh, the the hoops are stan's arch mk3 anything you wish you brought or besides besides the baby yeah, powder yeah uh baby powder to start out with so i would have not had issues uh i have I think they were $6 on Amazon, these just basic wool gloves. I've had them for two years now. Um, wool gloves would have been amazing. And they're, they're mittens. Mm. And that's what I love about the bar end shifters. You can shift them even when your wrist is fucked up or anything like that. And you can wear wool gloves. Uh, and I brought booties last year. And I started the race with them. And then I never wore them the whole time. And so I, I said, well, I didn't wear them last year. I'm not going to wear them this year. And booties would have kept my feet dry and warm. Yeah. yeah. Those are the two things. Other than that, I think I would have been golden. I could have left the sunscreen and the sunglasses at home. Yeah. I, I didn't wear, those, I didn't wear those once. Yeah, so that was just extra weight. And, you know, I think of, like, where I could have saved weight. I'm, I don't know why my setup just weighs so much, but it just does. Well, you got a heavy bike, but yeah. you know, it's built for adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess yeah, that's it's a it. steel bike. So yeah. most of that could be in the frame. Yeah. yeah. You went with a wider tire, but I yeah. think I would go with a wider yeah, tire, smart too. smart choices. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tom, like, what about you? Speaking of wider tires, what was yeah, your setup like? Yeah, mine were and white. They didn't stay white very long, though. <laughs> you uh, went tan wall yeah. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just mud, everything. Um, so I've got my bike, a Specialized Sequoia. I got it about a month ago. Pretty, pretty recent. Um and I've been, I haven't really ridden, um, I've only put 50 miles of gravel on before this race, so wow. I was really hoping it, it was going to be good, but it turned out awesome. Is that a carbon ride. bike? I'm not familiar. Steel frame. Okay. Um, carbon fork, and it has the uh, SRAM Force One group set on it, which performed flawlessly. This is my first time using SRAM oh, and one by The one by 11 is awesome. Or totally great. Um, I have the... A big upgrade that I made was I built my own wheel set because um, the one problem with the the bike as it comes stock is the wheels are extremely heavy. They call them Cruzero wheels. They're I think they're like 30 millimeters wide and only 
10 or 15 deep. They're real shallow. But aluminum, they're just, they weigh like three pounds, just mm -hmm. the rims. And then the tires that were on it, or the sawtooth, and there's, those are like two pounds each or something. So I went with the Gravel Kings, much lighter. Uh, the 43s still had enough width. And then the E13 hoops were awesome because I, I shaved two pounds off the rotating weight, which is massive. Um, and then built my own wheels, which is uh, kind of a risky thing to do. But um, I'm a bike mechanic and I'm a mechanical engineer, so <laughs> I understand the whole concept of it. And I've, in the Trans Am last year, I, I uh, blew up the wheels that I built, so I learned some, some hard lessons from that. Yeah. Uh, so they worked great, it was awesome. Um, I was the only one without aero bars, which I was worried about at the lineup. But when like 18 people dropped within eight or 10 hours, <laughs> I guess I'm okay. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to, I just didn't want to bring the extra weight of the aero bars. Mm -hmm. It's like another pound. Did you ever and miss them? No, actually it's fine. Cause I can just lean down and put my forearms on, on the bars. And I wanted to keep my, uh, the tops just empty. Mm -hmm. So I had another little, uh, uh, a riser from the stem cap. It's called a menorah. I forget. It's, I've never heard of the brand before, but it worked great. It just connects right to the on the stem cap and a little uh, tiny piece of bar that goes in over like the center of the stem. Mm -hmm. So that's where I put my e tracks so and my, oh, my right. light. Yeah. Uh, so I just had lots of room for my hands to go yeah. anywhere, and it worked great. I was never really that uncomfortable, um, and I'm not used to riding on gravel with aero bars. To me, I, I tried it, I tested it out, I couldn't get the right position, I just felt like my hips were tilted too far forward, or wasn't high enough rise, whatever, so just thought I'd, you know, be more comfortable without it. And keep it, it simple. Did, yeah, keep yeah. it simple, and it did It did work fine. What did you think about your tires? The tires, um, I mean, I guess I should have gone with the mud tires, <laughs> um, but compared to the sawtooth that I had before, the gravel kings have tons of grip. I could stand up at any point. And, I mean, you know, I did slide around because if you're riding through six inches of standing water, you know, what's beneath it. But a um, lot of grip, really, really good. And they were fast on the on the pavement. I could tell, like, on the track layers when I was, there was, you know, good pavement or a hard pack section. I was definitely making up some time there. Because yeah. I could move. I was doing 14, 15 miles an hour. Um, on pavement mm. or more but then when the mud hit I was going four miles an hour I'm like yeah it's hard to gosh, find that perfect God. balance that's, yeah. yeah that's what I was kind of yeah. that's what I'm curious about is what yeah. is the right tire yeah. for those conditions yeah I mean so I have would the, you do the it SK again is the small knob version yeah um I would love to be able to compare it to the mud tire the gravel king makes a mud tire mm-hmm this um, has got bigger knobs on it though. bigger knobs yeah. and it has like a big central uh kind of weaved through it mm -hmm. um but I, don't, I mean they worked great it got me through i did have some problems it got you third so yeah it's pretty good <laughs> um i did have problems throughout the night it definitely cost me about an hour and a half i'd say i had to pump up the tires um i think it was just so rock i just built them like six seven days ago so yeah. i don't think the tires really sealed they need the to sit in on sometimes yeah, yeah it takes a yeah. couple rides uh, with tubeless yeah, yeah i had i mean i only put all those little air leaks tires yeah. before uh, one day before i left so i just didn't have time to do it um so that did cost me some time I, I only have a little road pump like a little design oh, yeah. thing so he said he did I, like a 
thousand or fifteen hundred. I estimate pumps. I did fifteen hundred. That's pumps. so much. Man, well, you got a good just... workout in for your arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I needed that for sure. What did you? Uh, <laughs> was there anything you wish you brought? Um, let's see. Well, I have my sunglasses. Didn't need that, but I don't think so. So I, ha- I did have. I had two sh- shoe covers that I wore the whole time. Um, I have a Gore, like a real light windbreaker one, and then I have some VOD um, waterproof overshoes. And I knew it was going to be misty and kind of not really raining, but wet out and I was trying to keep the mud off my feet. So I had one pair of socks and two overshoes and my feet were happy as could be the whole time. It was nice and warm. <laughs> Yeah, it's important. Exactly. <laughs> you can keep yeah, your hands and feet, feet hands cold or warm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it it just it makes all the difference yeah. in the world. Yeah, and I I use uh, Seal Skins gloves, which are real lightweight, waterproof, and they're good down to like I use them about thirty five degrees. Wow. So it's um, that's all they had on the whole time. It's, good, it was great. This. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, the te- the temperature was very. I was constantly zipping, unzipping my wind jacket, wind vest, and jersey, you know, climbing, just like three zippers down. Yeah. We'll start going down, three zippers up. Yeah. That was nonstop. I know um, that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the temperature regulations, like, to me, is extremely important just to be in that little narrow band of being comfortable because yeah. if I get too hot or too cold, you know, it, and, can, it can throw your mental game off, like, real And quick. we were talking about it last night. There's only one way to figure out all this stuff, and that's just go out and do it's it, and things it. are going to go wrong, and yeah. you're like, okay, you I'm going to try. a bunch of yeah. times. Yeah. You do. And tweak it, and, you know, you kind of yeah. figure it out. You don't just, yeah, wake up one day and read on the internet about, yeah. and even the things we're talking about here, it's like, well, these work for y'all, and yeah. It's, yeah. it's great for people to hear, but... You really just got to get out there and yeah, everybody's no going to be different. Yeah, especially when it comes to body temperature and, and performance mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Some people run hot, some people run cold. Like I know Brian Steele runs really hot, and mm-hmm. he'll be out there in two layers, and I have four layers. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, I'm sweating, man," and yeah. I'm like, "Oh, dude, how are you running so yeah. hot?" Yeah, I had my um, my tights came just below my knee, and then I, so I did have some. My calves were you know breathing the whole time. It was mm-hmm. so. To me, it was nice, and I'm used to this weather in southern Indiana, Kentucky. It's like throughout the winter, it goes pretty much the lows like 20, and gets up to 40 some days. So it, I felt at home. Um, you know, I was just wearing my normal stuff. Yeah, good. So it worked pretty good. Uh, I don't think there was. I, I'm trying to remember if there was anything that I really was wishing I had other than like a bed. Yeah. <laughs> so we just stop. <laughs> Probably some more uh, better food stops for um, you along yeah, the, the way. Yeah, the food was actually real disappointing, I think. I mean, as a vegan, it's always tough just being in gas stations and stuff. But um, there was really very limited options. I had, I said, the first hot food was at Whataburger. It was just some French fries. Um, yeah, I ate tons of Cliff Bars and ate about a pound of dates. Um, I had a bunch of walnuts and four bananas, about a pound of peanuts. It was, my hydration, my nutrition was, was, was pretty good. I was never hungry. I, I graze, I eat every mile. I'm constantly <laughs> yeah. eating all the entire time. Yeah. And you have constantly yeah. running out of food. You'd think yeah. I'd be better with all the races out. I've done, like the miles I've done, <laughs> just strictly looking at how many miles I've bike packed and I'm just an yeah, idiot. You know like, better, man. I'm not the brightest crayon in the box. <laughs> Obviously, I've done two major mistakes before big races on spike setup, and this one was my seat post, and then the Trans Am, I, I sized my chain four lengths too short and plagued me the entire race. 
But you know, you it's learn. not it's not supposed to be easy. And no. like this Nothing was one of those races where it sucked and it was so difficult, but we're gonna remember it for the rest of our lives. You know, for you sure. never remember when it was bright and sunny and everything went as planned. Yeah, I don't know why. This was a is. hell of an adventure, yeah. you know. And yeah. It was super fun. I'll be back for yeah. more. I love I love the Gravel Grand. I love that it's raising money for charity and um it's so cool that we got to be in the VIP section last night. You know, it's just like, just to see everybody at the end of the race. Like we were talking about all the stories and stuff. It's that was, it was a pretty swank party we yeah, had. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a cool free food, party. free booze, mac, yeah, loaded mac and cheese. Build your own mac and cheese table, tacos. So yeah. what's the uh, what's next for you guys? I'm doing the American Trail Race June 1st, and that's gonna be awesome. How so, you feeling about it? Cape How's your body right now? You, you think um, recovery's going to go pretty well? I'm, I'm so amazed that I feel better than last year. I don't know why last year beat me up so hard. I mean, it was. I think the course was faster. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there wasn't nearly as much mud, so it should have been easier. But for some reason, I feel better this year. I'll, I'll probably start biking again in a week. You know, I'll be on my feet all, all this week uh, waiting tables and serving tables, so that'll keep everything stretched out. Um, I need to get on my bike more though. I could, I could tell there's a few things I need to tweak out. I need to get a new saddle and figure that situation out. And I still have a few micro adjustments on my bike because I moved all the stuff from my old titanium bike to this new bike and it threw everything off a little bit mm-hmm. and I just haven't got it back to yeah, where it needs to be. That sweet spot. And I'm that, I'm that dirt bag. I'm never going to pay for a bike fit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to, I got to save that $300. And it's hard. I think it's hard to find a bike fitter that can really fit you to, Yeah. I mean, everything that a bike packing race puts you through, right? I mean, you're in yeah, so many different some, conditions and you, I don't know. I think I'm you in just so many to, different seat positions yeah, even from just from moment to moment. So yeah, for me, American Trail Race. What are your um, goals? What are you thinking this year? Yeah, so I I want I want to do it in thirty days or less, which means I have to average one sixty seven a day for thirty days. Wow! And uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and that'll be my retirement party Ooh. from competitive racing. Yeah, but I'm gonna still bike pack, but just uh, to yeah. travel around. And have We'd fun. miss you if you. Uh... Yeah. If you if you retired for good good yeah no i love it too much like it's definitely yeah. loving my life but uh uh i've i've tortured myself so much over the last couple of years i want to be able to walk if i live to be 60 <laughs> i'm not saying i'm going to live to be 60 but i'm uh, you know there's something to be said for that i'm positive that i will i'm hopeful that i will you know so what about you tom's Tom? got some races um, coming up. yeah this is a kind of a cool year setup for me um last year i did the trans am it was that was um, the bulk of my time and training and everything. I don't really train. I just ride a bike. I'm, I have fun. Uh, you know, to me, it's not that difficult. Um, you know, because if you're enjoying the moment, then that's what, what that's what I want to yeah. be doing. And you so, ride every day. I ride every yeah. day. I've never car. You don't have a car. Years. Yeah. I ride literally. If I go somewhere, I ride my bike. There's yeah. no choice. But that's it. So um, once I learned, I could go five miles to work, I could go 10 miles to my friend's house, I could go 100 miles to my parents' house, I could go to the East Coast, I could go to the West Coast, like, why do I need a car? Yep. So, it expands um, your range quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, like, and I'm enjoying everywhere I go, and I'm, I don't enjoy being in a car. Yeah, you're, so. yeah, you're just like, you're extending your lifestyle when you go race, you're like, okay, well, yeah. now I'm just going a little faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, a lot. or lots slower, <laughs> in this case, um, but like, 
to I love to ride to the race is, is a big thing I one of my big things in my life and um, so I rode from Louisville to Mount Vernon Illinois where Indy picked me up so I got in a 200 mile kind of shaped down mm-hmm. uh, slept in a post office like 160 yeah, miles getting in. back kind of groove yeah, yeah wakes, wakes getting, your body up to what's the, coming the mode of, of you know being out there and, and going at it for 12 14 hours at a time yeah um, so that was really cool. I was hoping to ride back to Louisville, but it's going to be like 14 degrees. And <laughs> so yeah. I don't think I can handle that. So what um, are you, you have, uh, are you doing the steams? Yeah. So yeah. my next one is going to be the big adventure one is the Iowa Wind and Rock, which is going to be really cool. So this is the first year of, it's kind of the successor to the Trans Iowa, which, um, the guy that ran that is, he did it 13, 14 years and you know, it's all you could do. Hmm. So that'll be a new race, and it's Q-sheet only, which is uh, hmm. wild. Um, so that'll be a new experience for me, for sure. There's a lot, a sure. lot of uh, well-known people that are going to be there. It's some, there's some super What's the route? There. I mean, this day They don't post the route. It's 340 miles. Okay. Yeah. When you get there, they hand you the Q-sheet right, right. to the first check. But you know it's 340 going in. It's roughly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Like so. Evan, Evan Deutsch uh, from the Trans Am, Janie Hayes. Yeah, it's uh, going to be their coach, insane. Keith Ron from the Trans Am, um, uh, Janie's husband, Jimmy. Yeah. A uh, lot of lot of really good people. I was actually signed up for it. Huh. I got a roster and then I dropped just because it was going to be too much money, taking a weekend off of work. And yeah. Then, so if you look at that spread, I'm losing $1,000. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could use yeah. that <laughs> right now. So, sport. yeah. For sure. But I think but that's going to be a fun one to. It's April 20th. Will we be able to watch that on track leaders, do you know? Um, I don't know if it's on track leaders. Okay. I'll have my tracker. Well, yeah. I lost it in Hines, whatever. It probably won't be on track leaders because they don't have the I route. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, because there would have to be a route. Yeah. But that one is, is yeah. typically but I'll have my a suffer fest because the watch. weather in Iowa in April, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll yeah. Be, that's going to be a yeah. cool Yeah, I've one. never been to Iowa before, so... Nice. That should be wild. Are you feeling good? Uh, your body getting ready? So April, what is that? Two months away? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I could go do oh, it next week. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I'm a badass. Yeah, this I mean, it's just my life. It's what I do. I, yeah, that's what awesome. I, you know, it's what I want to do. So, yeah. um, if you're not happy, change it. Yeah, <laughs> for know? sure. Um, I mean, I wish I could be doing this stuff all. You know, you have to work and make some money. So. I heard that. Um, and then. Actually, a week before that, I do this race series in Kentucky. It's called the Boondoggle Mountain Bike Race Series. And it's like super cool, unregulated. It's just a guy that likes racing. You know, there's no licensing or or any of that. It's real cheap. And so I'll ride from Louisville to London, Kentucky, which is about 160 miles. And the reason I got this Specialized Sequoia is I wanted to be able to ride to a race and do the race on the same bike. Yeah. Because previously, I'll, I'll take my road bike and go, cause it's, you can't ride a mountain bike that far. It's, it takes so much time. So I'll ride my road bike, and then like my girlfriend will drive down and bring my mountain bike, mm. and then I'll do the race on that. So now yeah, I can just hop on the same. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> she's super supportive. Um, she's going to pick me up from California. So wow. she, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> she's amazing. Shout Absolutely. out to Tom's yeah. girlfriend. Sarah is. Hey, um, Sarah. <laughs> I couldn't do this without her, for sure. Awesome. Um, so I'm trying to be more self-reliant. I had to take my own and not rely on... So you justified a new yeah. bike. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's hard to do. But, but I need it because I, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. I've actually seen yeah. her a lot of time. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's very convenient. So she, you got her to pay for it then? 
No, <laughs> like here, no, baby, no, I got a good yeah, idea. No, that one goes on my credit card <laughs> for sure. I'll be paying that off for a minute. Um, I have some other bikes to sell and pay for it, basically. Yeah. Um, so I'll do the Boondoggle, which is a 45 mile race. It's it's really cool because there's some single track, there's some gravel, and then it's like connected by pavement. So it's a good mix of people on mountain bikes and cross bikes, and what's the advantage and um, it's just super cool. Everybody's camping out, drinking beer before. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, they have a good meal, and it's like $20, $25 or something to race. It's, like, it's cool people. And then they do a race, so it'll be in April, and then one in maybe July and October. And they do, there's a 45, and then there's a four-hour, like, mountain bike um, cross-country race. And one other one, I can't forget, I forget what it is. And then, uh, but in July, I'm, I'll be doing the Steens Mazma, is my plan, which okay. is in Oregon. It's a thousand miles uh, from Portland, and then it goes southeast through the outback. Uh, it's a lot of desert. Okay. And it goes through the highest paved and unpaved roads in Oregon. I think it goes up to eight or 9,000 feet. And you go around uh, Crater Rim, or Mount Steens and Mount Mazma, is the name of the race. Um, and basically, it'll be like, 500 miles of road and then you have to climb this 25 mile gravel dead end road to get to the top of the mountain and then you come back down and mm-hmm. continue on and do that again at the other at the um the crater rim so that'll be really really unique experience i love it's Oregon. Awesome. It's, yeah, so it's so beautiful. beautiful it's really crazy different landscapes especially when you go from portland you're like in the near the Cascades and it's everything's so green and mm-hmm. lush and beautiful and you have hundred foot tall trees and then all of a sudden you're out in the desert and mm-hmm. nothing and it's hot and it's rocks and it's, yeah, like, it's gonna be interesting to prepare yeah. for. Yeah, that'll be um have really all the right gear and that's gonna really test Yeah, that's I'm gonna both have to do a lot of research <laughs> on that because it's, it's hot in July for sure. Uh, I'll be bringing a lot of extra water. And but my the sequoias will be overkill for that. So I'm gonna try to put smaller tires on and, and see. Last year the record was uh, three and a half days, three days, six hours. For a thousand miles. Yeah, insane. Ben Caldwell, who did did Trans Am a couple. I think he got fifth the first Trans Am for 2014. And like he lives out in the desert and he's just a wild, <laughs> wild crazy man. I don't think he slept the whole time. He just yeah, uh, he's that's, crazy. That's so I won't be doing that. I'm not planning on going for the record or anything. Like, I want to go have fun and do four or five days. Yeah. Um, and just kind of adventure. And Sarah, my girlfriend's actually going to go do her own little uh, tour around the west, um, on the coast, like from Portland up to Astoria and then right down to Pacific City or something. So oh, neat. She'll do like 300 miles and at the same time I do 1,000. <laughs> and then we can hang out in Portland. Right on. Get, so, yeah. Well, I know uh, it's gonna be a crazy year. You guys are trying to hit the road. You got what a seventeen-hour drive? Oh yeah. I got yeah. I looked at it's actually only fifteen. Oh, no. total. So not too bad. Um, <laughs> but Tom, if people want to follow you, uh, yes, keep you up can with your follow me. I'm like Indy, actually. Yeah, yeah. Indy's in-person Indy. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know Indy, that's, you just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if the stars align, we'll yeah. meet sometime. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I'm on Instagram at one ton Tom my name um, I do a lot I don't really post on Instagram a lot I do stories so people can follow what I'm doing at the moment um, and I'm really inspired by my big inspiration was Ryan Flynn his name is Flynn Ryan he does the same kind of like when he's out doing these yeah, adventures and races 
he's constantly posting stories and he's hilarious so yeah i try to emulate that my own <laughs> way a little bit and then on facebook who want to have me on there tom hughes tom hughes right on well yeah. thanks guys and congrats on a badass race y'all both thank killed you. it thank you it's insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> to say the least so much, yeah so much really adventure all right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Uh, one more time, if you want to keep up with me in the show and what I've got going on, you can find me on Instagram at Bikes or Death. Um, if you want to support this show and this kind of t- content, please head over to Patreon. You can find me there at Bikes or Death. And uh, like the show and leave a review. Tell your friends about it. Let's spread the word. Now go ride your damn bike. <laughs> I never let the mic magnetize me no more. But it's biting me, biting me, and biting me.